Stop him in front. He doesn't miss. Amira puts on the Jets, runs to 10 metres and suckers the goal. Well, Hawks fans, it's been a while between pods and plenty has happened in and around the club since we last hit record. This episode, we're looking at the new draftees, what's happening with the captaincy, the AGM and plenty more. So strap in for another jam-packed edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason and joining me is a man who had a photo with one Jager O'Meara last night. G'day, Tiz. Did you notice that he's doing a calf raise in the photo just to get that couple of inches on my height. <laughs> yeah, you were the same height. And I thought, there's something amiss here. Someone's doing something I can't see, and you think it's Jager. Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. They were talking about that through the AGM. Jack Russell was saying that he does calf races. That's not true, surely. He yeah. admitted that on stage in front of the entire AGM crowd. He did. He reckoned he had his wife bluffed that he was the same height as her for years. <laughs> Well, we'll get stuck into that in just a moment, but first, the social media stuff, as always. Jump on iTunes, rate and review us. We've got 120 ratings, Tiz. Jeez, that spiked out of nowhere, didn't it, considering we've been away a while? Well, I had some time on my hands. Yep. <laughs> just account after account created. <laughs> very good. You're doing us a great service there, Tiz. No, I thank you very it's much. It's really good. It's a good pat on the back every now and again to log in, have a look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, you might be wondering, have any Hawthorne players in the history of the club played 120 games? Well, you well, would have, but okay, not well, just not, stopped there. Not precisely 120 right. games is is the point here. Uh, but two players kicked precisely 120 career goals, Tiz, for Hawthorne. The first of which is one of your faves, Richard Loveridge. Richard Loveridge of authorship fame. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, Surfing Victoria, which commands a pretty high price online. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't think there's been a reissue, but it's all the best surf spots. Around the Victorian coast, up there's okay. You know, there's a couple that you have to get in a boat for, which wasn't exactly helpful. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> now, anyway, he played in '83 and '86 premierships. That's right, a damaging pocket rocket rover, and uh, he did become a two-time premiership player for the. Pretty Hawks. much forced out of the side by Platten arriving. Yeah, well, he didn't figure in the '89 uh, premiership calculation, and that pretty much ended his career. I think he sort of moved on after that. Yep, went surfing. <laughs> well, and why not? I mean, he's done good work for the club. I think he can he can hold his head high after that. Two premierships. <laughs> Two premierships, that's not bad. In, in such a golden era. Yeah, he would have been in the midfield with Matthews and mm-hmm. Dipper. And how about this second player to notch 120 career goals for Hawthorne? Uh, it just so happened that when I was doing the notes for the show, uh, I was speaking to my dad and I brought up Angelo Lekas. The Golden Greek. And my dad's like, you know, it's so weird. I was just thinking about him today. I said, were you, Dad? That is strange. And he's like, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to him and why we don't hear about him so much. Hmm, that is interesting, isn't it, Tiz? Well, I've seen him a couple of times. He's got a good tan around the streets of Carlton. He's usually got a latte hanging out with Ange, okay. Ange Christou. Oh, right, okay. He the looks, two Anges. looks like he's all right. There's a podcast in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell him. <laughs> he, was a, he was a strange player because I think he put his hand up for the captaincy at one point and... 
Mm. We very much relied on him in the midfield for many years. He was taken at pick 17 in the 93 draft. 2002 was probably his best season that he put together. Claimed runner-up in the best and fairest despite managing only 17 games due to a stress fracture in his foot. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, 2005 was significant for him. He suffered a migraine after a pre-season match. Now, people will probably remember this. He wound up in hospital. He suffered a stroke which was a pretty significant deal. He returned to the side later that season, which is very admirable. And then he retired. Or perhaps not. Well, (laughs) upon retiring from AFL, he uh, would take up a lawsuit against the club. Claiming that by pressuring him to play, that he had forced the retirement or... The allegation was that the club wanted him to come back and, you know, sort of hastened his uh, return to the side. And I guess Lekas was claiming, look, you expedited the end of my career. Like, I was nowhere near ready to come back. And I had all this pressure coming from above. And it was not in my best interest of my health and my career. And you guys shaved time off my uh, my AFL life. And so he took up a lawsuit against the club. And, of course, the club just outright denied this and said, mm-hmm. you know, we allowed him the time and space to come back into the side as he pleased. They they wanted him to go through VFL and just and then, do the typical And then path. settled out of court. Yep, then settled out of court. Uh, I tried to see if I could find any figures that were involved with this, but uh, alas, they eluded me. I doubt he would disclose that, but anyway. No, well, you just never know. It's worth a search on the internet. You never, never know what you'll find on the internet. Isn't that right, Tiz? Yeah, no, that's definitely true. <laughs> I don't know what we're implying here, but it's uh, certainly cheeky. I know that much. Uh, You never know what you'll find when you start going through some of the stuff that's dust-covered and you haven't seen for a long time. I actually found a vinyl record. I know this is not the best seg in the world, but since we're traipsing through history, I thought I'd bring this up because I thought you'd be interested to hear uh, just what I found. I found a vinyl record that did not belong to me originally. I have to believe that it belonged to uh, my father. And uh, I'll just grab it for you now, just to give you a look. So here it is in my hot little hands. Feast your eyes on this. I'll just hand it to you there. Now, why don't you describe what you're looking at? Well, it's a 45 sleeve. The Hawks team songs. The Mighty Fighting Hawks, Mm -hmm. uh, in brackets. Yankee Doodle Dandy. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Hawks battle song, plus a medley of football party songs. Tell me you're not intrigued at this point. Who's singing this? (laughs) That's my question. I still don't know. What are the pa- they don't list the party songs? We've we've got Do they have that famous song lead out kick a goal about Dunstall? I don't know. I mean, I I can't even tell. It looks pre Dunstall. Yeah, it does look pre Dunstall, but there's no markings on this uh, forty five sleeve to suggest when this was made, when it came out. Uh, so I don't know how to date it. Maybe some, maybe one of the listeners actually knows what I'm talking about. It seems to be by Talent City. Uh, I think their slogan was "All tracks lead to Talent City." That's oh. that's on the sleeve there, and uh, the A side is the Mighty Fighting Hawks and the Hawks Battle Song, and then you've got the B side being the uh, the Party Medley. And it seems like there was one. It was one of a series of twelve team records at the time. So, whenever this was made, there were twelve teams in the competition. So, sometime around when that was a thing, <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> narrow it down, but. You've got to be curious, haven't you, Tiz? Like you, you, I do. Can you chuck it on? Yeah, I'll chuck it on. Let's give it a listen now. We're a happy team at Hawthorne. We're the mighty fighting Hawthorne. 
So a familiar tune there from the talent of, uh, well, Talent City, as it were. But they buggered up the lyrics, mind. They kind of did. It's it's not really the lyrics we're used to these days. There was trying instead of striving. I also notice if anyone listens back to the vocals, it seems like the uh, singers aren't all really in sync with what they're meant to be singing. And they sing all for one and one for alls. That might be the first take that people... <laughs> Listen to then. I reckon they didn't go for a second because it was it was a hang bit on, slapdash in my opinion. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. What a wonderful world by Louis Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. Is a first take. Yeah, but that's Louis Bloody Armstrong. <laughs> Who the hell are these people? <laughs> I'm not saying that all first takes are bad. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying that this sounded a bit slapdash in my opinion. I don't want to knock these people. I don't know who they are. Now, whilst that was playing, you actually did some research. You found it online. Yeah. Bob King Crawford, the Moontones, the Party Jazz Men, the LaRon Brothers, and the Party Dixielanders. Okay, great. The ones performing. All right. So, well, that's a fair ensemble of people, it I seems know, like. It looks like they've just teamed up, each with their own names. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the, uh, the Mighty Fighting Hawks. Uh, how about we listen to, because I know you're curious, you want to listen to the Hawks battle song? I do, but I, I kind of feel like you're venturing down the path of the AFL earlier this year. You know, when they, <laughs> right. I'm tampering with the club songs. forcing new songs onto us. <laughs> oh, these, these, Nobody asked for. <laughs> yeah, but these aren't binding. That's oh, okay. the, only, that's the right. difference there between me and the AFL. Yep, yep. <laughs> Good distance. <laughs> I've, I'm not part of the machine, Tiz. <laughs> And I take personal offence at the suggestion. All right, let's hear the battle cry or whatever it is. All right, let's battle do song, it. Battle song, battle cry. Uh, the Hawks battle song. You know you've got to be told that the crown and the gold are really going to win this game. The mighty Hawks are the team. You'll see what we mean. No other team can win this game. The Hawks are here and we haven't any fear See the best team win And it's Hawthorne, Hawthorne Ready to begin You know you've got to be told That the brown and the gold Are really gonna win this game Alright, alright, that's enough Had enough. <laughs> It didn't even last the whole song No, no, what's with the guy with the lowest voice in the I world? I don't know How did he I do don't that? Know. It is the most amusing thing about all of this to me <laughs> I don't know, it's... Nah, look, it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? So, this probably dates from a time when Hawthorne were probably plenty full of fear <laughs> yeah, that's an astute observation. We're going to have to get some kind of date for this because I think so. So that you you couldn't pull up a date in your research that you no, didn't no, just no. It's, okay. It might be on the actual record. They often printed it. Actually, that's true. I might have a look later. I might. Uh, you know what? I'll post a photo on our on our Twitter feed. Uh, speaking of our Twitter feed, though, at Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to go. Over one thousand two hundred followers now. Tis we've certainly climbed. 
throughout 2018, and it feels it was, like we've reached it, a good place. It was a good increase. And uh, please do join us. I know it's the off-season, but... Uh, you know, get people on board. Get people super This is when the hope for, kicks in. Exactly. Get people excited for 2019. And looking at some of the young kids last night at the AGM, a couple of them seems pretty switched on. You would have liked the look of Mitch Lewis, I can tell you that. No, I bet I would have. <laughs> My boy Mitch. The switch to Mitch is on in 2019. Don't you worry about that. You can find us on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Now, with all the social media stuff out of the way, let's get stuck in the AGM because... You were there, I wasn't. I want to hear about the sorts of things that went down, beyond the headlines, obviously being the fact that we have some new life members in the form of uh, some premiership players. Four of them, in fact, is. Well, they're all automatic life memberships. Either 150 games with the club Mm -hmm. or 10 years' service on the playing list. So we've got Jack Gunston, Ben Stratton, Paul Poopolo, Ryan Schoenmakers awarded life membership at the AGM last night. In addition, the club honoured four long-serving members of the club, both past and present. We've got uh, senior coach, obviously, Alistair Clarkson, physiotherapist, Andrew Lambert, uh, former director of high performance, no longer with the club, Andrew Russell, and uh, former head of football strategy and innovation, David Rath. Yeah, it's funny. Two of them have already gone on to uh, greener pastures. Greener, the green being underlined. Yeah, well, so they hope. <laughs> no, I meant as in Muller. Oh, I as gotcha. In, as in All right. cash. Okay, yeah. that, was, geez, that was a little too subtle for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting that uh, David Parkin turned up to hand over the life membership to Clarko. He was there for that. He mentioned a couple of good stats. Isaac Smith presented to David Rath. Uh, Jared Ruffhead, who's so relaxed when he comes up on stage. He walked up and he said, hi, I'm Jared. <laughs> so if, modest, isn't it? Yeah. So he announced Andrew Lambert, the uh, physio, who's been there for 14 years and only ever missed one match, oh, which is incredible. Jeez. And uh, he acknowledged Andrew Russell, who was in attendance, which then, you know, sort of forecast that he would be receiving something and Sammy Mitchell got up and it was really good to see him back to present to Andrew Russell. And then they moved on to the... To the playing group, Bruce presented to Gunstall. I mean, Gunston. <laughs> Apparently, he gave himself that nickname when he arrived. Oh, no. Come yeah, on. that's what Bruce said. Oh, he would Which say that. Which is terrific. I no, just love just that. Selling him out. And he also mentioned the 2013 Norm Smith. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit rough. It got a bit of a bad reaction from the crowd. I was going to say, you're <laughs> opening those old wounds. Uh, Burgoyne got up to present Paul. Puopolo with the life membership. Mm-hmm. I spoke about how he's just sheer determination. Yeah. From being a brickie or a brickie's labourer in Adelaide. You know, and now he's one of the legends of Hawthorne. Pretty incredible. Yep. It's a great story. And, of course, uh, Strats came up and received his life membership. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got rid of all the locks. So Yeah, he's uh, ditched the mullet. Which I'm sure the marketing team wouldn't have appreciated <laughs> yeah. just as they release. Just as they release. <laughs> something for charity. And I thought about getting it as a gag gift, but it's a little bit expensive for a gag gift. You've really got to commit to wearing that next year. And that's exactly why that's not what you'll be receiving from me in our <laughs> Christmas episode. I'll forecast that right now. Because I was tempted to get it for you. And then I thought, yeah, it's a bit pricey, this, for a joke. So I wondered why Ruffy was up again to present to Strats. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sort of made the point that uh, Strats has a one in one of the stats columns. 
and that's goals. <laughs> yes. He could and have doubled that tally this year, but alas, <laughs> yeah. it was not to be. <laughs> but uh, Ruffy handballed it to him for that goal. Oh, of course. So uh, he took credit there. And then <laughs> Liam Shields got up and uh, Ryan Schoenmakers. Hang on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Life membership. Sean pres- Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Shields presents. Why can't I say it? It's just ridiculous now. Okay. Liam Shields to Ryan Schoenmakers. There you go. Who were both drafted in 2008. And uh, Liam Shields, I think, only made that draft by a couple of days, didn't he? He was I taken as almost recall. an underager. So right. uh, most of the clubs weren't aware of him, which is how we got onto him really early. Uh, it's still the case. Anyway, <laughs> he, he spoke of. Uh, <laughs> he spoke of. Uh, Shuey as being a great one percenter of our club, and he remarked on that 2015 grand final, which I won't forget. Mm-hmm. That was a terrific match, and uh, Shuey thanked Clarko for his belief in him throughout his career. I really do like that um, that goal in the 2015 grand final from Shuey. Oh yeah, it's like a, a cannon of a kick. It just well, not only that, but he's tackling before the virtual goal. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was a sort of a second and third effort sort of uh, patch of play that resulted in that goal. It was was uh, fantastic. What else should I know from the AGM? Did anything significant go down? I mean, obviously oh, well, so we would have, would have heard from Jeff. So Jeffrey was a little bit somber when he got up there mm. and he started talking about burnouts from the many young talents. He'd been talking to some unnamed gold medalist from the Olympics um, who was talking about how there's so much pressure on young men to mm-hmm. perform and it's and he's doing this while he's in front of that 20 by 50 poster. So I thought, oh, this is this is interesting. Yeah. A little bit, you know, tone deaf. But anyway, Jeffrey underlined that it's it's not just about the premierships, it's about the sustainability of the performance and that relates to everyone in the football club. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just relate to the to the first team, it relates to the physio, even down yep. to the receptionist, he said. Yep. And um he said it's also about the health of all our constituent parts. So in regard to that Lekas thing, you'd hope that wouldn't happen mm. today. Mm. Uh, and he just wants to make sure the high standards of governance are carried out because he views himself as just a custodian of the Hawthorne Football Club. And he more or less, it was quite interesting, he wants this Kennedy Centre built, but it's he made sure to make a point that it wasn't an ego trip, that we didn't need it as a club to be... You know, you know, it wasn't a statement. It's about providing uh, a facility where mm. we can be better than we are now. Yeah, I mean... Because we'll be the only club with our own facility in, on our own land. That seems like a statement. Turf. That seems like a statement to me. Do you know what I mean? It's fine if it is a statement, but I'm just... He, he, he sort of took a meandering way to make sure that nobody thought it was an ego trip. Because it is a lot of money. It's about $135 million that it's going to cost. I wouldn't, yeah. And I don't, we had a surplus of $4 million this year, Nick, so... Yeah. I don't really care if it is an ego trip or not. I think it's going to serve our club fabulously. And, and of so, course, the communities around it, Nick. Well, don't don't well, forget yeah, that. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 the communities. Are, the, uh, hey, I've read the annual There's a lot report. of stakeholders here, Nick, that I've, uh, <laughs> have to stump up the $135 million. <laughs> I've read the annual report. I know. I, I know that we have community programs. Uh, you know, we have our key strategic pillars. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, you this like the lingo? A, this is the kind of stuff that comes out at the AGM. I love it how the boards sit up there and don't say a damn thing the whole time. That's true. That's true. But they did, uh, as well as the board, and this is what I liked, I saw that, you know, you provided some great coverage on the night, and you <laughs> your photos revealed that all premier, all the Premiership Cups were lined on the stage. Oh, I just yes. Thought, what a power move. It's great, isn't it's it? It's so not necessary, and that's why it's brilliant. Yeah, well, I... Because if you can, why not? Frio do the same. <laughs> what, for catering? They don't have any. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kick them while they're down. Um, then he moved on to the kick amendments. Kick them while they're down. My feet are getting tired and sore. <laughs> They've been down a while, Tiz. Then... Uh, Jeff sort of moved swiftly on to the amendments he wanted to make to the Constitution, and yep. up until last night, the board had been limited to only elevating two people mm. to life membership status a year. Yeah, so that was a very timely amendment. And if were, it didn't go through, it would have been a bit awkward. <laughs> it would have been terribly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I don't think they have any restrictions on the number of live memberships, so it just got easier. Yeah. You, you know, if that's an aspiration of yours. Well, me personally. Yeah, much, right. much easier now. And the second amendment was they uh, want the Hawks Museum to be maintained at a Museum of Victoria standard. Okay. Uh, after an invite from that establishment. And uh, Peter Haby was in attendance to see that passed. Mm-hmm. And so... I gather there'll be a fair bit of money going towards that, well, which I, is great because I think that maintains the traditions of Hawthorne. Yeah, absolutely. We should be proud Even of... Even if we pick a really bad coach next time round <laughs> or something, or we get some real shark of a fellow into the club, and he, <laughs> you know, then the, the playing group sort of disintegrates. That history and the maintenance of it yep. let you get back to the roots that makes should, us... Should always be proud club. of where you come from, and that includes for the club that pretty dismal period where we weren't successful because that ultimately is the is part of the story that's our foundation you can never forget that yeah club service award to tony pinwell who's uh, overseen three premierships in 11 years at box hill now they are currently renegotiating renegotiating another alignment agreement mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully we see you know, a continued success between Hawthorne and Box Hill. That's one of the best relationships going between the yeah. BFL and the AFL. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after what they did with Rioli in 2014. Survived that. <laughs> Pretty damn good. Uh, after all that, Alistair Clarkson took to the stage for the Kokoda story. Where okay. he brought up players yep. in the group that had just gone. Harry uh, Morrison d- d- and CJ. Bring up Ollie Hanrahan or maybe not. No, that's a bit... Uh... <laughs> no one will know by now what we're talking about because a certain tweet was deleted. Yeah, well, we... It wasn't bad. It was, It just could have been misinterpreted, that's all. What did he say? There's three certainties in my life from yeah. here on. Death, taxes, and never doing Kokoda again, which... It lasted four hours. <laughs> now, clearly it was meant to convey how tough it was. Yeah. I also think it came back to some rather bad news that his brother hadn't been drafted. Right, okay. His brother Angus was looking to be drafted. Uh, okay, so there's a bit more to this than even I thought. Yeah, so uh, we right. know that uh, Clarkson wasn't in, didn't attend the draft mm. and uh, had no influence over proceedings because he was at Kokoda. Right. So I imagine that Ollie didn't have any idea what was happening either. Ah, uh, okay, so it's a bit of a convergence of events that was quite unfortunate for the yeah, young man. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but, I'm, I'm, but if Wingard and Impey... 
and their retelling of their journey is anything to go by. It was bloody difficult. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think everyone takes it that it's difficult, but it's a, it's a great part of Hawthorne's culture that it's it's a good thing to do. You know, what you got to walk the company line. That's a good thing to do. And I think Hanrahan might have unfortunately strayed from that very inadvertently. Um, uh, the, the implication that he didn't I think, enjoy. I, it. I think it's fine to say that. Oh, I think it's fine too. But I, my fr- from a club perspective, my granddad was up there. Yes, and, yeah, you were telling me, yeah. And uh, he told me when I when Hawthorne went there the first time, Buddy Franklin was putting bricks in Clarko's backpack and things <laughs> like that and eating all his food on the first day. Yeah. And and uh, I said maybe, you know, I might like to go and do it. And he was still around back then, my granddad, and he said, don't. I did it so no one else bloody had to. What, what are point. you doing? Yep. <laughs> That's spot on. It was awful. Yep. So CJ talked about how he knew very little about Kokoda. And he was shocked by the ages of the of the men who mm. served their country up there. Mm. And uh, Wingard <laughs> remarked that on the first day he thought he'd never completed. Wow. Okay. And uh, what Imp- were they doing at Port? Impy. <laughs> what does a Port Adelaide preseason look like? And apparently Impy was a little bit better than Wingard was at it. <laughs> okay. <That's laughs> so, right. yeah, but apparently they they were already good mates. Yeah. And uh, they are, they, yeah. they helped each other through it. That's but uh, it's interesting to hear that Wingard thought that's curtains after day one. That day one. <laughs> interesting for him to say that at the AGM of all places. I know. He, he's you've got, got a, some fairly powerful people around you. He's got some good confidence there. I, I kind of liked hearing from Wingard. And I, there was no yeah. sort of pomp and ceremony to him, you know, yeah. arriving at the club or anything like that. He was just part of the group now. Look, honestly, I don't really mind him saying that it was hard uh, because... He did make it through, so it's fine. And then your boy, Lewis, Mitch yeah. Lewis, comes up, yep. and uh, along with Connor Nash, my boy. Hey! And uh, they dwarfed Clarko. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but, that's, a, that's potentially our forward line going geez, forward. It, it sounded like they'd done a history lesson on, uh, okay. on Kokoda. They were talking about the 39th Battalion, and the story with them is they, they were the first to arrive. Nash recalled how they were called the Chocolate Soldiers, because they were meant to just um, melt in the heat of the battle. Mm. And uh, when relief finally arrived in the form of reinforcements, they refused to let the reinforcements go through unaided and they went back in after mm. after their time spent. So they, they, they've obviously, some of the phrases Mitch Lewis used were, uh, nothing is ever as bad as it seems. Okay. And so it's given them this base level of stuff of sort of work ethic or, mm. you know, no matter what's asked of me from here on, it's nothing compared to what was asked of these boys. Well, you know, my shallow interpretation of the club doing Kokoda has always been along those lines. I've always felt like that's kind of the point. It's and they've to got to in- work together to yeah, get it's, to it's it. to instill values and, and, and all that stuff and culture, but also just think about what people can achieve. And yeah. think about what you have to achieve. There's a certain baseline, and you know they're just different expectations. Well, these guys are already overachievers. In what sense? In the sense that they're playing AFL. Okay. Well. Right. Well, that they've arrived at the elite level of that field for sure. You know, and to sort of wipe the floor yeah. again and tell them that you know that that all counts for nothing here. It's healthy. It, it, you know? It's practicing humility. Yeah, exactly. Is what it is. And it I think it's breaks good. down all the egos in that group 
yeah. and brings them together. And I like the idea that Lewis and Nash are able to talk extensively about the history of it because it means that they care. Yeah. They were engaged and switched on to what they were doing and they they saw clearly merit in the task, which can only bode well for the for their integration within the team and the integration with the season ahead because they're going to be big players. Like I said to you, Nash and Lewis, Dwarf and Clarko, they're two talls yep. that could be very exciting for our forward line and in the future. they've got new numbers on their back. New numbers. Which uh, we'll yes, get the, to later. Yes, we'll get to later. <laughs> but then, you know, with all this wonderful macho talk and mm. groups coming together, Clarko decides to talk about a film he just saw recently called A Star Is Born about someone who's Gaga, which I thought <laughs> was a little uncouth from Clarko, to be honest. How did he reference it? I don't... Oh, he just mentioned that it was about a person who had an enormous talent and was untapped okay. and they didn't have the confidence to do what they All right. were trying to do. Okay, I can see the through line there. That, that's fair enough, I guess. Yeah, it just sort of took the air out of the room a bit. <laughs> Unlike when he forced Morrison to tell the tale of uh, him dacking him on the back of the ute. <laughs> Very good. Morrison did not want to tell that tale. No, clearly not. Uh, and then Harford got up and he said, oh, no, we want more of that. Yep, that's great. At the AGM, that's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> All business here. Keep that to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> He's great, little half. He's really turned into a good he MC. Is. He emceed the, um, the premiership reunion thing that I went to yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, he was very good there as well. And then Kenneth wanted to close, but he got a few questions. Okay. One on the gambling, which I think Ash... Wanted me to ask, but someone <laughs> well, close to me asked that, so I was happy. <laughs> so tick that off. <laughs> so just for context, recently Collingwood just exited the gaming industry. Yeah, and Melbourne and someone else. Yeah, you're right. Some yeah, it's eluding me as well. But the dogs, club, I, think? I think. Yeah, I think it was the dogs or or North was it? it was oh one yeah, of, one probably of those. North. They're always posturing. Yep. <laughs> um, so the the question is. When are Hawthorne going to leave? The question has been that for some time from fans and, uh, you know, opposition fans as well love nothing more than to throw shade at Hawthorne over this topic. Really? I get it a lot. Who cares? Well, they do, apparently. You've got to find ways to badger Hawks fans because they've been so successful. Are these pokey players that are wondering whether their cash is going to Hawthorne? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, uh, he basically made the point that uh, we make $4 million out of uh, the pokies. Yes, yeah, so they're probably not And we only anywhere. made a $4 million surplus. Yeah, well. So they're not going anywhere anytime yeah, soon. connect those dots, people. Yep. And uh, do you want Dingley or not? Because that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Well, he also said that they have the Dare to be Different Committee to look at other um, resources of revenue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, Radek Sali has just been added to. He's on the board and mm -hmm. also represents the Dare to be Different committee. Uh, I believe they, they do want to cut ties with that, but for now it's just not really course, feasible. Kenneth did make the point that uh, there will be no fewer licenses for pokies, mm. even if Hawthorne do leave. It mm. will just be going into the hands of someone who probably doesn't put back into the community as much as Hawthorne does in the first place. That, that's right, and... I don't know whether people are aware of this, but when you... Well, we managed to both grab a copy of the annual report, uh, which was available to all members. As long as you called or wrote. 
That's right, and I certainly did. I wanted a copy. I knew I wasn't going to be at the AGM, so I wanted to at least get up to speed with just what the club thought of the year and how they reviewed everything. And, um, you know, one of Hawthorne's aims is to be a recognised industry leader in, like, promoting social change and, you know, being part of the community and cultivating things within the community. Like, you know, we're talking about outcomes and programs for Indigenous Australians, mental health and social inclusion. Love the game, not the odds. Yeah, stuff like that. So, I mean... If you, as a Hawks fan, ever cop anything from an opposition fan about our pokies involvement, the money does actually go to something good. Like, it it doesn't just line the pockets of people. Yeah, not like tats, I suppose. Well, that's that's Jeff's point. Jeff raised this point earlier this year. At least you can see where this money's going. Well, I like to think so. I like to think so. And the vision for Dingley doesn't seem to be um, very singularly club- oriented it seems to be community and and fostering relationships with the community that seems to be part of the goal so look at the end of the day like it's it's doing good stuff for our club and we need it we just we need it right now it might not forever be that way but yeah clearly you you... well they're following plans that were made a long time ago yes yeah and it's not like it's illegal it might be a bit distasteful but people are just exercising their right to choose yeah well I just like I choose not to buy most of the merchandise at Hawk's Nest. <laughs> See our bonus Christmas episode listeners <laughs> <laughs> for more of that. But you know, I'll, I'll gladly give to the club. But I'm not, I'm not encouraging those kind of designing. Who designs all that? Don't know. Every now and again, they have a winner. It's true. Well, I personally thought the Stratton cap was a winner. Yeah, I thought that was a stroke of genius. And also, it. Uh, pushed funds towards prostate cancer research. Yeah, it was well, yeah, it was tied to charity, which I didn't realise at first. Uh, only um, like a, a little while into that being available, I actually caught, cottoned on to that. There was a one-liner at right near the end of proceedings before mm-hmm. they closed, mm-hmm. which was, we haven't decided what we're going to do with Waverley yet. We may retain it or it may be sold. Okay, I would say retaining it would be quite a bold move. Yeah. I wondered about that. But, yeah. of course, who sells land anymore? I wouldn't know, mate. Well, it's only a lease, isn't it? So, we don't actually own the land. <laughs> Whatever the club decides to do. At this, at but this it is stage. a 100-year lease. <laughs> Thank you, Ian Dicker. What a genius result that was. <laughs> at this stage, I guess based on that as well, I trust the club with what they're doing. So, it seems to all be pretty healthy, don't you think? Was that the outcome, the sense arising from the AGM that we seem to be on a good track? Oh, yeah. yeah. They all seem pretty pleased with themselves. One thing that was uh, interesting to note was, I guess, Jared Ruffhead's demeanour. He said he was quite casual, quite laid back. He's always been a bit like that. I guess he has, but he seems more than ever perhaps a bit unburdened uh, by something in particular. Perhaps it's the fact that he shed the captaincy. <laughs> he might be kicking back a bit now. Is that uh, is there just no one in that role at the moment, or doesn't he hold that until someone else does? That's a good question, because they've not appointed anyone new. That's, say, for 2019, it's put to a player vote. Um, does he have to enact all captaining duties until then? Am I right in saying that each player goes out in front of the entire list and votes 54321? I did get that impression, yeah. Yeah, they announce it to the group? Yeah, that's quite a vulnerable thing, place yeah. to be in. wow. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. I guess the idea is they've tried to cultivate something within the playing group Openness. that means you're allowed to do that and you yeah. can feel comfortable doing it. So, 
I mean, if they think that's what's best. Surely there are wrong answers at a football club, Nick. <laughs> As in, you think I'm far too optimistic about this well, club you know, and their practices? You hear it a lot. There are no wrong answers. No, there are wrong answers. Yeah. There, there are. And I'm there saying that that's an environment where there probably are wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They must think that there, there must be something behind it. Nothing is instituted for no reason. Yeah. Unless it's Essendon. Um, <laughs> well, 29-year lease on their pokies signed yesterday. How good was that timing? Collingwood exits the gaming industry and then Essendon <laughs> sign on for 29 years. A caveat to that would be that if they're going to flog them, a 29-year lease would probably allow them to get the highest price. Right. Okay. There you go. But I, I do think that, you know, nothing happens for no reason and they would have come to the conclusion that such a process within the playing group is something that works for them that they can actually do and institute. Yeah. And then everyone buggered off to the Glenfrey Hotel. Is that how you ran into Jager? I ran into Jager on the way back from the Glenferry Hotel. Apparently, hmm. uh, I don't know why the players really turn up because they stay about five minutes and then exit. They all sort of huddle together in a corner for fear of meeting fans. Yeah, and then, that's and exactly they, what I thought would happen. They leave. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, a few of the younger boys um, sort of didn't know where they were or what they were doing. Hmm. Matt Matt Walker, one of them, kept on eyeing the crowd off. Yeah, and I, uh, I, Mitch Lewis was very approachable, so was Connor Nash. And Smithy, Smithy was uh, basically going going around the room. And I thought, oh, hello, Captain. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to talk about is, you know, I, I don't bring Ruffy up for no reason here. Who do you want to be Captain and who do you think will be Captain? Well, Ruffy was very much p- present. He was... Mm. Over, he was nowhere near the other players. He was just talking to fans. Okay. So, that's um, good. Yeah, he, he put himself out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just got the sense that Smithy was it's putting on his, the campaign. Yeah, putting his best foot forward, isn't it? Yeah. Doing stuff like that. But, it, I mean, he does that anyway, so I might be off, off track. Well, yeah, he he does seem like he's a man of the people. He's an extrovert. He's he's of a certain type. As um, I believe, and we'll get to this in our relentless review, but Sam Mitchell uh, characterises Smith as a particular type. And he lumps him in with the likes of Gibson as well. Very much extrovert. It's very much capable of uh, doing that sort of thing. What was Robbie Campbell again? A dove, I believe. A dove. Yeah. Yeah. Characterised yeah. as a dove. Sort of a peacekeeping type that didn't do, doesn't like to ruffle other feathers. Yeah. Didn't appreciate the bird references. <laughs> it's one por- one portion of the book. Anyway, we'll get onto that later. Don't worry about that. That's in our bonus episode as well. Make sure you do check that out. We've alluded to it a lot, this this uh, <laughs> mysterious episode that we're putting out. No, you haven't given me an answer. Who's going to be captain? You think Smith? Oh, I imagine it will be Shields. I think it's going to be Shields as well. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting uh, that at least our Twitter following at Hawk Talk Pod, they seem very torn on it. Um, oh, well, so they should be. They're both excellent leaders. And both have stood up in critical games. And Yep. And we've had people suggest gunners as well. We've had... Uh, <laughs> Stratton got a mention. Sicily got a mention from some people. I'm like, eh. well, that'll be going a bit early on, sis. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that Tom Mitchell doesn't come into the discussion more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think Shields would be a good choice myself. I'd be happy with that, but I'd be fine with Smith too. I think Smith could represent us in the media landscape per- very well. Do you perhaps have the feeling that um, they didn't want to have to have this question? Two years ago, and that they put Ruffy in as a sort of 
compromised candidate for a while there. Well, a compromise for who? It d- didn't seem like much of a compromise for Ruffy. Well, it might have. No, well, he was a deserving captain. But what I mean is they were looking for a split between between Smith and Shields, and I don't mm. think they've got one. Yeah, yeah, you might be onto something there. I see your point. Because I don't think either of them were ready two years ago. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. are both ready now, or are neither still ready? That's the question. I would be comfortable with either. That's no. my personal opinion. Um, it's been a pretty busy two years in the life of the club. Kind of, or at least... A as lot a, of change in the playing list. Yeah, and like... And as a, Ruffy it, was instrumental in recruiting both Jager and Tom. Yeah, and one year of being, you know, everyone riding us off and we're on our knees and we're a shambles and then... Yeah. <laughs> Turning it around a year later to be in the top four, I mean, it's been a busy two years. So I think there's a lot of growth that's happened throughout the whole group, and namely, uh, I would I would assume Shields and Smith in particular being vice-captains. Yeah, well, they both embody Spectre Muir agenda. You see, we're back to always as the hashtag. We are, yeah. with, a, with a neat little campaign, bringing some of the past players back. I love that. So do I. I think it's really powerful. Hearing Lee Matthews talk about how he never really left. And uh, Croft and Platten and Dipper and the whole host of them, really. They've been just stars for days. Yeah. <laughs> it's been quite good to see. Uh, now, just on that, before we move on, just want to tip my hat to the social media team of the uh, Hawthorne FC. They've had oh, a did good... you see how they got the cards? Yeah. They're using cards for all the drafts and things like that. I love it. Yeah, it's been really because, good. Because, of course, Select stopped. Hmm. Having the Future Force cards. <laughs> Here we Are you go. back on this? Yeah, Have yeah. I already done this before or did you cut it? Yeah, I think I left it in. Okay. <laughs> well, it's I'm very irritated about it. Okay, listeners, Tiz is a card collector. Sorry, just... <laughs> and they killed the whole series. Do you know what they've gone and done? They've released another set of the first set of this mm. year, but in Christmas mode. Why? Jeez. Never happened before. It's absolutely horrific. That's weak. Blokes running, <laughs> blokes running through baubles. Who cares? <laughs> that is some weak stuff. There. Limited edition Christmas cards, like Pass. Christmas cards. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get he, it. I get it. You can't even put seasons greetings on the back or anything. Are you, don't, are you stepping down from this soapbox now? Can we uh, move on? I reckon Hawthorne should just just do that. Hawks Nest just put out Hawthorne playing cards. There you go. All I wanted to say is the social media team have done a great job from, you know, the, the card stuff and they've done the Mario Kart thing. Oh, that, that's good. I like that. Yeah, they've just, they've just been on fire lately. They've really enjoyed their stuff, so I tip my hat to them. Uh, we move on to, uh, well... And the, don't forget that they did the, uh, the, the players of today as heroes of yesteryear. Yeah, are you talking they had to Sicily the... as yeah, Dermot, Dermot. Dermot. Yeah. And Smith as Tuck and uh, who else? Oh, Poppy as Dipper. We need to finally, at long last, recap the draft. I know it feels like ancient history to our listeners. It feels like it happened ages ago. But All right. Now, I want to say this before we get to the players. Okay. So, for the last, what, five years, mm-hmm. we've recruited forwards. Yep. Would you agree? Uh, okay. Well, Even for, when for... we were looking for outside mids, we didn't recruit them. We still recruited forwards. And then what yep. do we do? Okay. Well, where, hang where, on, do, where do we play just, them? Just hang on. Just hang on. Throw some names at me first. Sicily. Okay. Yep. Burton. Burton. Hardwick. Hardwick, another forward. Yep. Well, Lovell, but he's gone. Yeah. They, were, they were two first-rounders. I think I know what sort of point you're edging towards here. And now Mitch Lewis. 
Yes. Now he's finally staying forward, one of the few. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, I was right. This is what you're saying. We, we've <laughs> made a habit of recruiting forwards and playing them anywhere but there. The, behind the ball. Right. Now, I mean, okay. what do we do this year? <laughs> yeah, go on. We have recruited basically all backmen. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see them in our forward line. Yep. Yep. Cozzy taking a screamer. <laughs> well, he does say that, actually. All right. Let, but it seems like he's a bit of a swing man anyway. Okay. But, um, yeah, well, he's described as a key position it, utility. It does surprise, though. Yeah, in what way? That, you know, you go and recruit forwards, play them back. And then the, well, in Sicily, one draft, I, I was, you get all backmen. I was going to... Okay, yeah, it is strange. I was going to point out that Sicily, for us, did start forward. Yep. Yeah, so I, I think... How did he make the transition down back? Was it just out of necessity in the end? I'm going to have to uh, cast my mind back as to how that actually happened. I'm glad it well, did. Well, Gibbo went out of the side and they needed... Yeah, right. ...needed some rapier kicking out of the back because they, they lost Gibbo and Birchall. I mean... It sort of speaks to the genius of not just Clarko, but the people around him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, bat, our back line these days, well, not well, obviously, without Burton now, but at one time you had Burton, Sicily, and Hardwick be the pillars of our back, of yeah. our back half. It's yeah. so strange. And to be able to make that work is pretty special. That's why I wanted to say it before we got to the players. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, it's a fair point you bring up. We've got uh, Jacob Kaczynski. I'll always struggle with that surname. Yeah, he's I always a cousin, have, always isn't he? will. He is the cousin of Justin. Rated amongst the best key position prospects going around. Described as a versatile tall, boasting an excellent contested mark. Sounds like a forward. Which I love. <laughs> More than capable in contests and keeps a cool head under pressure as well, Tiz. Although he seemed pretty happy when his name got read out. There's no cool-headedness about that. <laughs> no, he was very emotional. <laughs> oh, but you would be, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. The yeah. relief at pick 52 would be incredible. Yeah. And especially, I think he described hearing uh, just before his name was called a few J names. Oh, really? Yeah, so he was like, Jacob, no, it's not Jacob, it's not me, damn it. (laughs) That's one of those moments where time would slow, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So we're looking at a competitive beast who loves his one-on-ones, marking, seems to have composure, decent kick, Mm -hmm. and uh, boasts footy IQ, but, um, you know, whatever that is. (laughs) All of them seem to have that. Now, so um, they should. Uh, he doesn't have great mobility and he doesn't have great scoreboard impact when forward. Okay. But so, uh, that doesn't seem to rate very highly on my radar, So, <laughs> especially for a big man if you're looking for mobility. Well, I was going to say 196 centimetres, 94 kilos. I'm not exactly shocked. He's, he's not pretty big guy. already, isn't he? He's, he is. He might be ready to play fairly early in the season. You reckon? Well, that's a good weight. It is up forward. <laughs> yeah, no, you could play forward with that. Oh, we don't want any Zach Dawson's about him. Uh, that's true. Much. That Leaving is very true. All right. And then next we took Matthew Walker. Mm, who's a singular T in Matthew will always throw me. <laughs> okay, is that okay? <laughs> I don't know why it bothers me. It just does. Now I'll never forget now that you've told me. Now you'll it. see it every time. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the listeners out there that might be in the same predicament. <laughs> it's a, always, it's always going to be Matthew to me. One T in Matthew and three T's in 33. Very good. Which is his number. That's his number. He inherited, well, we'll get to numbers soon, but he did indeed inherit Cyril Rioli's 33. Come on, that's an incredible pat on the back. It is. Now, is it because of the Indigenous link? Uh, possibly. 
Do you think they probably inquired with Cyril whether he wouldn't mind? I have no idea. That was a genuine question on my part then. Is it because of the Aboriginal heritage? I have I've no clue if they even care about that. Maybe. I don't know. Could have been a completely different reason entirely. I have no clue. Uh, but he's pegged as a forward. He might be as good. <laughs> pegged as a forward. <laughs> but has upped his work rate and high intensity. Are we really just going to leave that in? Yeah. All right. Jeez, no pressure on the guy. <laughs> Could be as good as Cyril. Oh, jeez. Uh, he makes the occasional cameo in the midfield as well. Praise for his contested marking given his size. He's got a good overhead grab and he's strong in the contest. Also noted for his scoreboard impact. All right. Who does this sound like? Mm-hmm. Contested marking, strength, clean hands, scoreboard impact and goal sense. Sounds like someone I want on the side. Did you say Chris Barlow also wore the number 33? <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. Sheesh. Not great with the kicking or composure. Who's that remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> That's now, such a low blow. Moving right along. Such a low blow. <laughs> you didn't even see me play. Now. <laughs> I desperately want to pronounce this guy's name, his surname, as Graves. It's not. It's Damon Greaves. It's, it is Greaves. Okay. And he's our first rookie draftee. He'll be a handy, well-balanced, medium-sized defender. With his red hair. <laughs> is that noteworthy? It is, because that's how you'll notice him. <laughs> it is a shock of red hair, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, noted for being cool and composed when rebounding from defensive 50 with a penetrating kick too. So 186 centimetres tall and 74 kilos. So you might know a bit more about this than I do, but on the surface, when I look, when I first researched this guy, I was like, oh yeah, Taylor Duray. Is that is that completely out of step? Am I just um, well? His inside games are strength. Well, I just thought you know a well balanced half back flankers are a bit the same, aren't they? Same size, well, I just, I, just different. I read well balanced medium sized defender. I'm like, okay, you well, didn't think sense. of Birchall? Well, we've got a Birchall. Okay, <laughs> we don't have a Jurey anymore. I see. <laughs> we filled that hole. Quick smart. Uh, yeah, I, I like the look of that of young Damon there. And next is your. Your mate, who you tipped, would probably come to Hawthorne and end up in the brown and golds. It's Will Golds. It is Will Golds. Congratulations, Will Golds. <laughs> Such a good name. An outside mid with elite running ability, which we saw in the time trial, came third. Yes. Behind Smith and Nash. That actually made me do a bit of a double take. I, I like, sort of peered into my screen a bit closer. I'm like, is that... Will Golds? Four, four of the first five were all under 23. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's how it should be pre-season in the first time trial. Yes, true. Uh, so, his endurance is elite. He's got agility, loves accumulating the footy, and he's also noted for his great football IQ. There's that footy IQ again. It's back. Needs to work on his contested ball work. But uh, he'll be... We're looking for outside mids. Mm. Have been for a while. What about this guy, Tim Moore? Yeah, he's been around the traps, hasn't he? Shock selection, some said. I mean, he's been ravaged by injury a bit. He was uh, in the inaugural GWS side. For anyone that's slightly familiar with his name, that's why. Because he has been around. A burly, big-bodied key defender, delisted by GWS, because he managed just 48 games in seven seasons. Because... Well, I was, he's I'd thirty now. Sorry. I think that's why they might have delisted well, him. Well, there's a lot of factors here. Plagued by knee injuries... 
But when he's fit and firing, he's got decent pace and agility for his size, and he may be able to serve the club as a backup option. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think he's a starter. Also, I think apparently, he's, insurance. he's a ter- of terrific character, as they say. Okay. And uh, he'll be in a mentoring role, I would imagine. Right. For the young boys at Box Hill. And uh, Darren Minchington as well. That's a guy that uh, we didn't get to mention last podcast. We took him uh, after after that uh, the trade period. He was a delisted free agent. Yeah, I thought I'd just tack him onto this list. What do you reckon? Well, he's had his highlights. He looks like a very exciting, zippy sort of a player. He's going to inject some pace into our forward line. Maybe looking to life after Puopolo Hawthorne at the moment. And uh, haven't they just? Because we've got a number of players that can fill that role. He's got, be... a, he's got a beautiful kick for goal. There's going to um, be hot competition for that spot. Minchington, to me, it looks like a bloke almost Wingard-esque mm. if he could finally get on the park and get some. He might be able to play through the midfield, like yep. we hope Wingard can. Mm. Uh, and um, he's got good nous around the goal, but a lovely penetrating kick. So I'm thinking a bit more like Savage. Okay. Savage was. Yep. Maybe a bit more outside, but that long raking kick. Right. And uh, if you if you think about it, we're going to have a couple of boys coming out of the back 50 with very nice, long, penetrating kicks. I like the sound of that. Yep. Big fan so, of that. So uh, we'll be able to spread the ball to Mitch Lewis and Nash and mm. Ruffy and um, Kajitsky when he's forward. <laughs> Inevitably. Yep. Now, we must also farewell uh, Will Langford and Brendan Whitecross, who were uh, delisted and uh, both retired, haven't they, in a sense. I mean, Whitecross ended up at North, and I think he can, he's playing VFL. Yes, he's, uh, he'll be right? uh, right, educating the North boys in the, through the VFL there. That's his, um, that's his role. Not sure what Will's going to go and do, but he's a bright lad, so he'll probably have a bit more fun. Well, I think Will is someone who I can't remember what his endeavour was outside of footy, but he had things on the boil outside of. Oh yeah, the the boys were always chiding him about reading the financial review all the time. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. So, oh look, they they both served us pretty well. I mean, Will Will could have gone elsewhere if he wanted to. I think so. He wanted to be a one club player. Yep. So that was it, and he went all right. I respect that. That's really. I Good thought of that him, was actually. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. Um and of course he achieved wonderfully in twenty fourteen. That was a stellar performance. And never be taken away from him. That that's history. That's yeah, for, for some of the best the, highlights you could ever hope for as a horse. For all fan. the frustration he endured after that. Well that's the thing. Like and and a lot of frustration, to be fair. But uh it'll never take away from from those moments and absolutely sensational highlights. Something about a Hawthorne play with blonde hair running around, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it would appear so. And Brendan Whitecross, uh, his legacy as well of being just nothing could keep him down, really. Uh, no, I remember him talking about uh, suffering all those knee injuries, and I think on the on the one that kept him out of the twenty thirteen Grand Final, mm. um, he spoke about the immediate individual disappointment but he put that to the back of his mind and was there for all the other players Mm. and kept it together and you know really served the group well because that kind of thing can take the wind out of a group yeah and it takes um 
great strength of character to be able to step up and be and, and put others that. ahead of yourself in that moment. Yeah, yep. yeah, which would be incredibly difficult in that moment. You know, he didn't see the ultimate success in AFL. I'm glad that we're able to witness him giving his all in the the VFL Grand Final that we went to see. Uh, which I, for he some pretty reason, much refused to lose that one. I think. Yeah, he really did. I was watching some highlights of that. This week, I found myself watching it, I think because there was an interview with um, Dylan Moore. Oh, yes. And I remembered that he starred that day. And I was like, oh, I think I'll go back and watch the highlights. And yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the tap from Pitto to Lovell as I did on the day. And that <laughs> was beautiful. I didn't realize that Pitto put on a superb block as well in that passage of play. I always commended him for his tap down to, uh, to Lovell. But uh, Pitto blocks his opponent. It was so good. It makes me have faith that Pitto could yeah, be something. Yeah, because Lovell ain't fast, and he had acres of space. Well, he lost his opponent, <laughs> so he's fast in that moment. There's something worked out. But uh, no, there's a good passage. But also, there are highlights from White Cross. I was like, geez, yeah, you, you, you're yep. so right in saying he did not want to lose. Yeah. He was walking out of his AFL career with at least something. Yeah. So. Oh, he's always like that. Very much the team role player. Yep. We saw that with the smother against Collingwood that day. Yeah, absolutely. Probably my enduring memory yeah. of White Cross, to be honest. When I think of White Cross in years to come, that'll be the moment for me. Um, and, and the fans love him as well. The fans love him as well. I, I noticed that uh, there were tweets of ours that did find him, which was good. Um, he actually he liked one or two. Did he? He did. And that made me very pleased. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is. I like that. Um now, we've got some listener questions off the back of all this draft stuff. Uh, Brent asks... Oh, is this, is this uh, crystal balling, is it? A little bit. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Brent at Hawk Talk Pod hit us up on Twitter. He asks, from the list of new players at our club, who do you think will have the biggest impact on and off the field? On and off the I field. I don't know. Any of them really good looking? <laughs> Chad Wingard? Really? He's typically good looking. People agree he's good looking, don't they? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, don't do that. No, we'll go with Chad. No, I meant some of the newer recruits. Okay, well, you know, Brent does say the new players like at that. our club. Was it, what's it, Bailey Smith, the one that went to the dogs? <laughs> Could have gone and worn Kelvin Klein underwear for the rest of his life, not bothered with footy. <laughs> Brent says new players. Wingard is a new player to our club, and I happen to believe he is an objectively <laughs> handsome man. <laughs> uh, so who do I think will make the biggest impact on and off the field? Well, immediately, it'll be have to be Wingard, won't it? I sure hope so. Well, I don't know about off. Off-field is the one that throws me. On-field, uh, I think we're laughing if he turns up to play. I think that'll well, be hang fantastic. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Port Adelaide are a bogey team. If he comes to us and says, by the way, this is how we played against you all those years. <laughs> We're like, oh. Uh, yes, thank the tables you very have much. turned. That's why we got Impy. <laughs> yeah, he right. didn't know how they beat us, so we had to go and get Wingard. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. We did win against them in Launceston, didn't we? We did after they did terribly after half time. That was incredibly bad. That we was, shouldn't have won that game. That was, I remember that game. That was excruciating to watch. The I highlight of that game was the 50 to Tom Mitchell for our first goal. That turned everything around. Yeah. I can't believe we won that game. Anyway. so uh, But in the long run, I, I hope it's um, Kaczynski. Because, mm. uh, you know, he's got all the elements that could make him a premiership captain. Jeez, that's a big call. It's a big call from way out. 
<laughs> All right, I'll accept it. Uh, now, Dan at Hawk Talk Pod, he asks, now that the draft is completed, where are the biggest holes in our list? What do we need to look to address in the coming years? If Brand can improve his output by 10%, mm-hmm. there aren't many holes. Apart from a key forward. Well, that's exactly what I was about to suggest. But as we look at the changes in the numbers, we're getting a sense of how they're going to line up next year. I am in complete agreement with you. I was going to suggest that uh, I love the switch to Mitch. I think it's on in 2019. I said it at the top of the show. That being said, there's a lot of pressure on young Mitch Lewis. He's got to show something, at least to the standards that the club set out for him. It's not It's not about the fans. That He needs to meet the expectations of the club, and that'll direct what they do in future drafts. They've, so have we just completely skipped over the number 23? Is he just irrelevant now? I don't know what's happening with O'Brien. He's not irrelevant. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we use him next year. Jeez, he's under pressure, isn't he? O'Brien? Yeah. 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 Well, he had a shocking year. That'll happen. He had a shocking year, and it's his final year of his contract Before we talk about the jumper numbers, Mm. uh, we usually put all our blokes into the 40s and late 30s Mm -hmm. when they arrive at the club. Mm -hmm. Other clubs don't do that. Sydney don't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. They give them low numbers, to, almost depending on where the, what number they were picked in the draft, things like that. Yep. Do you think our disgust at Buddy leaving resulted in us heaping a whole lot of pressure on Timmy before he was ready with the 23? Oh, maybe. Because I, I mean, don't remember him having proved that he was deserving of the 23. But it's the same as Walker getting the number 33. I mean... It's it, it's almost an impossibility filling those shoes. Right. But the 33 is basically Cyril, mm. one bloke. That oh, okay. 23 right. is a 50-year... Yeah, has a long legacy behind yeah. it. I get you. All right. Um, doesn't that just further solidify my point that you could never hope to live up to that? Well... You've got to adjust your expectations, I think. I mean, Colic was the first-round pick, wasn't he? He wore 23. Nathan Thompson wore 23. Well, we don't remember them. I suppose you're right. It might have been too much. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much of a deal this is to players. Oh, it must be. You see must the big it be? Spa- big smiles they have when they get the new number? <laughs> yeah. Warple was wrapped. And Morrison, my goodness, how pleased was he to get Well, Morrison Kenny had Judge's a special number. connection there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get on anyway, to that Anyway, all right. We're preempting this too much. Uh, well, th- this is all I was going to say about Lewis, is that... He needs to perform to the standard that the club wishes him to. If he happens to fall short of that standard, whatever it is, they'll start looking for oh, there's, there's a key forward. There's yeah, options. there's options. And, and, you know, it's you bring also up... about how they play. Because if Wingard mm-hmm. can get some space, he'll be able to hit some lovely little chip passes to yep. Mitch Lewis. And, and if Connor Nash can finally kick properly... That's right, yeah. You know, he's putting more pressure on himself by, by not kicking straight. Yeah. And, and you're right. seen other forwards do that before. <laughs> you're right to bring up O'Brien. I didn't mean to dismiss him out of hand. I guess the only reason I didn't is because he finished the year in defence for, for Box Hill. Now, can I say that none of those three you've mentioned mm. are workhorses? Yeah, true. Maybe Nash can handle a fair bit of work, but they're mm. not going to run out a year. So that's why Sean Marcus is very important. Mm. Yep. As is Ruffy hanging around. Because they know what they their bodies can get away with. Yeah. And Ruffy is tremendously durable and he can go anywhere on that field. He can go and hop 
in defence when Sicily looks like he's getting killed yeah. in the one-on-ones. You know, he just he puts himself anywhere. Right? When I say switch to Mitch, I treat it like an actual light switch. Just as you wouldn't leave a light on 24-7, you know, you switch it off for a bit. Give it, give it a bit of rest. Give uh, Mitch a bit of a rest mid-season. Sigh. Then bring him, bring him back. He's a young kid. You can't expect him to be a superstar overnight or play the entire season. It's ridiculous. All right, I reckon we move on. I've circled around the same point for far too long. It's time we talk about the jersey numbers, which are particularly exciting to you, Tiz. Yeah, I love it. You get the overarching history, get a feel for what these players might be like. Now, the first cab off the rank, 20-year-old Harry Morrison. Twenty. He's 20 years old, Tiz. That is ridiculous to me he's only 20 years old i'm very excited by this guy's future given the honor following in the footsteps of his godfather the late premiership player ken judge wearing number one he's taking on the number one guernsey yeah it's pretty good he's very emotional about it old h as clarko called him okay imaginative i preferred miz well we could have had miz and moz wow it's a missed opportunity we're not no that could be seriously painful in future. <laughs> Do we talk about... Bloody Dodoro. <laughs> so we are talking about oh. it. Okay. Anyway, good luck to him. He barracked for Essendon anyway. Did he? He did. Oh, he'd be wrapped then. Yeah. So um, it'll be a good story. But uh, I hope not. <laughs> but uh, if anything goes wrong in Essendon, Mosquito or Irving, make your way back some. Yeah, just come on home. Yeah. Come home to the Hawks Academy. Or the Hawthorne Football Club, as it is, <laughs> and uh, but it, it did. It was a bit of a shock to me that they bid on him. It was <laughs> very good. It was a uh, it was a swerve for sure, and a lot of fans were pretty upset. I mean, that's that's fair enough. A lot of media. Well, it was a weeks of hype. Yeah, weeks of hype behind this guy. Was most of it on? A lot of it was on Channel Seven. Though. Not much of it. It was a fair bit from coming from Hawthorne. Was it? Okay. Yeah, there was a bit of noise coming out of the club. They were pretty much dead certain they were going to land him. You don't think it's a hospital hand pass by the recruiting team, do you? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But if you're going to have an academy, oh my goodness, at least match the bid. Anyway, it would have it would have really set the they knew, set us. They knew what they were doing. The team yeah. knew what they were doing. They would have been prepared for Now, it would have set us back, and it would have impacted on next year's draft as well. Exactly. They, they were prepared for the possibility that Irving Mosquito was going to be bid on, and they just went, all right, well, our preparation for this tells us that we're not going to match it. We have a plan in place for this happening. So, Harry Morrison wearing number one. It's going to be terrific. He'll be the first player mm-hmm. to wear it since Max Bailey. Yes, and after Max, it belonged to the fans. It yes, was a which fan was initiative. A kind of stupid thing that the club endured with for far too long. Yeah, I don't really care for it. And because uh, I was never wearing number one if a player didn't have it on. Yeah. So. Yep. And then we get to the five. Recently vacated. Mmm. Now, someone. I'm just trying to rack my brains. Someone predicted that. James Warple would wear number five. If I could just cast back to some archived audio here. Who gets the five? Uh, surely Jimmy Warple. Yeah, it's you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> who else would it be? Of course I tipped who's going to get the number five. James Warple, number five in 2019. I was very delighted to, to hear that. And, uh, and then swiftly following on, your other great mate got number eight. That's right. The famous uh, Jure number eight given yeah. to my boy Mitch Lewis. He'll look good in the number eight. 
I didn't actually go to that um, that training session because it was infinity degrees outside, and I thought that's not for me. One thing that did bother me about not going though was you know it's a chance to get signatures, a chance to meet the new players. Well, they would have dried quick. <laughs> Certainly would have. Uh, they just would have melted down the Guernsey, uh, the ink, and I I, I had. You know, I've had this Guernsey for a while that's that's had, like, a lot of signatures over the years. And when I first got autographs on it, I, I thought, I better annotate it. I better, like, create a MS Paint file, a bitmap file on the computer. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to annotate it on no. it. <laughs> no. I was like, public disclaimer, how to ruin the value of anything. I created a bitmap file, MS an Paint. An image file. Yeah, Im- well, whatever. I'm using the official terms. Whatever. Don't dumb it down. Okay. <laughs> so I took a photo of it, put it in a paint file, and I just annotated it. And I had a look at the Guernsey. I compared it. How can it- you not know? Most of them put the number in it. I was worried, no, because it's just, they're just scribbles. What do you mean, how can you not know? They're just yeah. scribbles from years ago. I'll forget some players, for sure. I knew I'd forget some players. I've got David Lotz on one, I'll never forget. <laughs> I, I held up the Guernsey to the picture on the screen. I'm like, hang on, there's more autographs on this than there are in the original photo. I don't remember this. And I had a look, and I'm like, what's that one there? That seems to be one of the only ones I've added. Mitch Lewis. Oh, really? It is Mitch Lewis. I've got Mitch Lewis's well, autograph. You would have got it twice. Well, I've got him as the 39. Uh, now I need to get him as the 8. That's, is that a thing? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you tell me, Mr. Card Collector. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we move on to the uh, the two Irish boys, Nash and Glass, entrusted with number 11 and 13. I knew Connor Glass would get 13. Something about him. <laughs> CJ, number 29. As many fans predicted, Chad Wingard inherited the number 20, uh, while fellow recruits Tom Scully, Scrimshaw and Minchington don num- uh, number 21, 35 and 38 respectively. So 35 is actually a very good number for Hawthorne, even though it is quite late. Mm. Yeah, so that's Scrimshaw. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good number for him to have. I like it. Do you think he will play early on? Uh, it depends what they want to do with Birchall. He'll probably have to come through Box Hill, won't he? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Uh, meanwhile, quite fittingly, as we mentioned, Cyril's 33 has been handed to young Aboriginal draftee Matthew Walker. Uh, Cozzy got 34. Tim Moore got 39. Greaves got 44. And Gold's 45. Uh, let's see. We've been, been through the time trial results. Uh, Smith, Nash, Golds, Moore, and Jones were the top five there, uh, which, you, as you point out, would probably shift the next time trial they do. <laughs> Uh, we've got some news on Tasmania, just briefly. Uh, Chief Executive Justin Reeves basically committing to the idea of, well, we're not going anywhere. Tassie, we've got a partnership. We've done too much work there to let it go, so you won't see us move anytime soon. Kenneth underlined that last night when he said we're heavily invested in not only Tasmania in terms of footballing, but in the community. And we go down there and we work with disaster relief and things mm-hmm. like that. And, um, you know, they've well and truly impacted the whole of Tasmania now. And they're very much essential to their economy, especially in yeah. the northern half of Tassie. Oh, yeah. They pump a lot of dollars into that place. I've, I've seen a lot of pushback on Twitter like recently, in fact. Um, people complaining that they're, they're kind of done with Tassie. They don't want it to be a thing anymore. They're sick of missing out on games. I think they're getting... Victorian fans are getting a, a raw deal. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you disagree then? Well, I don't know. I think we just get them back in finals, really. It, it's, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. about how that works. Yep. I mean, if you look back, 
Uh, teams with two home grounds do better than teams without two home okay. grounds. And I mean, Tassie is famously a fortress for us, and the four games we play down there that we inevitably win... Aren't usually ones you want to watch, so... Uh, well, A, that is true, <laughs> aren't usually ones you want to watch. B, Cyril never went down there. B, you do get them back, as you said, in finals. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, Hawthorne, and this is just, we're, we're blessed with, with success over the years. No one was complaining about this in 13, 14, or 15, <laughs> no, were they? No. Nope. Got it paid back in spades. Uh, I reckon one more news item that I thought might want to include. What do you think about this? The Hawks NBL link, which I didn't actually know. A friend turned this turned me onto this. I wasn't aware of the, this being a thing. Yeah. The Hawks have an affiliation with a with an NBL team that's coming into existence. I think next year. Yeah, I saw this release. Yeah, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, complete with lime cordial colours. They're a very hideous bright green, but won't stop me supporting them if they're Hawks affiliated. Really? I'll be backing them. Yep. Yeah, I'll be interested. You don't already have an allegiance in the NBL. I had Melbourne Tigers. Oh, okay. Yeah, growing up. But I mean that's that's uh been and gone, I think. I don't really have any allegiance to United, although I hear they're doing well. So they'll pro- presumably be resident at the Kennedy Center eventually. I guess so. Yeah, yeah that would make the most sense. Um so, I mean that's that's a bit left of field, but then that's what clubs are about these days. I mean you know, is that part of the Dare to Be Different committee, do you reckon? It might be. It might be part of one of the initiatives. You want me to go through them? I can go through them if you want. I what, studied... What the Dare to Be Difference? We're in our first of a series of five-year strategic plans. Did you know that, Tiz? Please tell me they did the Stratton cap. <laughs> it's one of their... Well, it wasn't one of their priorities. You'd be uh, saddened to hear. But uh, priorities in this period that we're currently in include winning two flags surpassing 100,000 members, developing a new training and admin facility at the Kennedy Community Centre, securing an AFLW licence and extending the club's Tasmanian government partnership. Let's say we're on track for all of those. Yeah. I mean, none of them are in jeopardy, you would say, I think. Next week, they're putting down pads at Dingley to make sure that the soil doesn't shift, but it'll be 2020, 2021 before they start building. It's a long project. They know what they're doing. I like where the club's at. Can't wait for the fundraisers. (laughs) I'm feeling very good about the club and where it's at at this point I feel there's going to be lots of opportunity to meet past players. What do you reckon? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I think I'm going to have an absolute ball just collecting signatures at all these events. I was going to say, that Guernsey's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we better wrap it up there. iTunes, 120 ratings. Get on, rate, and review us. We always appreciate it when people do that. It means the world to us. We heard from the Drop Bear 89, who may have left a different review at some stage for something. Yeah, we got did. a four star out of the Drop Bear. I remember that. Is that right? Is yes. that who gave yep. us the four star yep. and shattered our record? Well, I think we got two in the end, but uh, he was the second one. All right, the Drop Bear 89 says Upon further review, it is a great potty. Love your work, lads. It's a little bit too late for that drop air, but thanks anyway. What? No, no. He's achieved absolution with that. Now. Uh, <laughs> okay, right. We do I love it. this one. Okay. It's unfortunate that I already read it because I would love to react on the pod without the canned laughter. <laughs> right. R. Bain 21 writes, Structure, balanced, and very smart. If these guys wrote Titch's Brownlow winning speech, Clarko wouldn't have snoozed. <laughs> JB Hi-Fi should sponsor too. And, and I Should thoroughly underline that. Yeah, well, I've given them a good plug ahead of this Christmas season. There's so many sales they've had. I've directed people to buy Hawks merch, stuff on DVD. Yeah. Getting bargain bin prices. Yeah. 
been doing their work for them. Often a third of the price of Hawk's Nest. But just anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just want to do right by, by our followers. If I see a bargain that I know our, our listeners will like, then I'll direct them to it. Now, what really annoys me about it is those tweets, the JB Hi-Fi Twitter account liked all of them. Oh, no. So they know. They see me there. We should be getting kickbacks, I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Twitter, at HawkTalkPod, looking towards 1,300 followers now. Get people involved ahead of the 2019 season. It's going to be exciting. We want you on board for that. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Have you run that uh, thing that we're doing in Etihad by the club yet? <laughs> right, yeah. So this got mentioned on because you, you know how no one's turning up to well, that game, the yeah. Gold Coast Hawthorne. Yeah, Hawthorne Gold Coast at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. Uh, now we figured we were talking about this at the pub quite recently. We figured no one's turning up to that, and it's our home. It's Hawthorne's home game at Eddie Head. Yeah. Well, Marvel. Yeah, whatever. Hate to split hairs there, but it is called Marvel. When Stadium. do we get our hero Guernsey? Does that happen? Jeez, oh, no, thank God. Okay. That's not a thing anymore. I thought that was good. The AFL have made a start on stupid ideas for 2019. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, no, so we had the idea, because it is Hawthorne's home game, we want to get people through the gate. I mean, sh- surely. Like, that affects our takings from the game, doesn't it? Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so we want to get Hawthorne supporters there. But we and also, we want the atmosphere to absolutely demolish Gold Coast by like 100 points like we did a few years ago. Exactly. So we reckon that an idea for that game is uh, we make it a, a Hawk Talk podcast listener event. And this is part of your Hawthorne chant songbook thing, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's actually uh, it's part of my strategic plan. Yeah, and that <laughs> Jager Amira song that you love. Oh, dear. Still needs work. <laughs> M10 hasn't quite figured that one out. Oh, okay. No, but we should make the Hawthorne Gold Coast thing an event because we want people to rock up and we figure if we make it an event for our listeners to come to. And yeah, and Marvel is a bit of a crypt. doesn't have great atmosphere. No. It's Hawthorne up- don't play well there yep. all the time. It's up to us to infuse it with atmosphere and uh, what better way than to all get together, us as the hosts, you guys as the listeners, all as Hawks fans. Get the community together. Yep. Be a great time. Great so, fun. So look out for that. We're, we're very seriously discussing that. And following on from uh, uh, something that Patrick said on Twitter as well, at Hawk Talk Pod, Patrick hit us up and said, everyone who follows at Hawk Talk Pod should meet for a beer before, after a game sometime. And then Gucci added, Elgin in rooftop potential to be a meetup point sometime during season next year for everyone. That was a hell of a sentence that I barely read out. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me in that moment. But the point is... These two tweets sort of implying, hey, why don't we get together? Yeah. Why don't we do a and drinks away thing? game? Or- yeah, why don't we do that? And to that, listeners, I say, sure. Because no pub really springs to mind when you think of where the Hawthorne people go. Uh, not necessarily. I-, I have a couple that do spring to mind, but not emphatically so. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could choose a place. We could gather people there, and we could watch an away game. And as long as we win. Terrific. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it always comes down to but that. I think we're going to have a terrific year. I think the list looks good. I think there's young talent coming through. I think they're being renewed. I think they're optimistic. Yep. It's good. Yeah, I'm really psyched for 2019. And um, before we do sign off, just keep an eye out for that Christmas bonus episode that's coming your way. How long are you holding off on that? Maybe a day. It's Maybe quite, a day. It's getting quite close to Christmas. Oh, my gosh. People won't even have time to wrap it. People want to know what stuff they can buy from Hawk's Nest. They want to know what we think of Mitchell's autobiography at long last whether it's whether it's worth getting as a gift 
Oh, that's a yes. Just go out and get that. Yeah, well, tune in and listen to our expanded thoughts on that. You've kind of spoiled it there, but... Really? Did well, you honestly think I was going to say don't buy that one? Well, the listeners don't know. Okay. We savaged Hodge's book. They don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a bit coy about that. It did happen. It's recorded for all time. I know. I felt bad about it at the time, and I still do. He's in Brisbane, and we're fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's time to wrap this thing up. It's been the Hawk Talk podcast. Keep an eye out for the bonus episode. It's going to be a, a nice Christmas festive episode. We look forward to that. Otherwise, if you're not going to tune in for that, I guess this is our last one for the year. I hope you've got a, a Jingle Bell-themed Hawthorne song for us. I reckon I'll just stick on that vinyl record again. What do you reckon? Yeah, with some sleigh bells in the background. <laughs> Can do. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs>